welcome to Christian Financial Perspectives, where you're invited to gain insight, wisdom, and knowledge about how Christians integrate their faith, life, and finances with a biblical worldview. Here's your Christian Financial Advisors host, Bob Barber, and his co-host, Sean Peters. Welcome to another episode of Christian Financial Perspectives. We're so glad you joined us today. And if you like content on budgeting, finance related of any kind from a Christian perspective, we'd love it if you would hit that subscribe button. Depending on when you're watching this, we're excited that we just hit our uh, 100,000 subscribers. Did we really? Yeah. Hey, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, at some point. At some point, this will be true when someone's watching it. In, in the it. future. Okay. <laughs> but we would love you to subscribe yeah. as we grow and get the message out about yeah, how and, to handle if, money from a godly perspective. And if you do help us to reach that goal of 100,000, uh, we'll be really excited. <laughs> yeah. We really thank you. <laughs> yeah. So we're but yeah, so Bob. Oh, goodness. What today. a title. Yeah. Ho- hopefully some of you saw our title and, and it really isn't clickbait. This really is going to be, you know, budgeting without numbers. Yes. Because budgeting is far more than just numbers. That's correct. Now, there's and, going to be a few numbers at the very end. But, yeah, about 80 to 90% of budgeting is not about numbers. You're yeah. Like, how can you say that? Now, now Bob, your other, your other idea for, for this episode was to call this the, the budgeting mindset, That's right? That's correct. Yeah. So, but before we get into that, let's read a couple, couple scriptures because this is Christian financial perspective. And these scriptures so, really do tie into what we're going to be talking about, Sean. All right. Well, let's go with the first one. Proverbs 27, 24. For riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. Bob, you want to go with Exodus? I'll go with Exodus. All right. And I took this from the message okay. from the Exodus. I thought it really was, was great. No lusting after your neighbor's house. Or wife, or servant, or maid, or ox, or donkey. Now, most of us don't have an ox or donkey today. I guess you could replace that with the name of a car brand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or his or Lexus boat. or boat. Yeah. <laughs> don't set your heart on anything that is your neighbor's. And this is really the foundation for today, Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, this is about coveting. This is about wanting yeah. what others have. And yeah. I think that is a reason that so many people blow their budget. Yeah. You know, it's a long, it's a long scripture, so we're <clears> not going to read all of that one right now. But I, it makes me think of the parable of the talents, too, mm-hmm. you know, where, where the master was going to be going away for a while. And, and what I love about that scripture that you, I feel like sometimes you just kind of gloss over the beginning. But it wasn't so much just that, oh, he gave one, he gave to five, one, he gave to two, one, he gave two, one, he gave one. But that it specifically says that he gave each to their own ability. That's true. So people, so yeah, people miss out on yeah, that. Yeah. So so yeah. You know, obviously, what you can see from that is mm-hmm. there were three servants. They were not all given the same number of talents, but it was according to their ability. So right. what we've got to always remember, and this definitely ties into the mindset, is that budgeting is about managing what God has entrusted to you not worrying about what your neighbor's doing, mm-hmm. what it looks like they have, yeah. uh, which we'll get into that too. And sometimes that might just be all a facade. So some people, and let's just kind of make this clear since we are talking about budgeting. Yeah. Some people just flat out don't make enough money for all of life, life's I, I, needs. I've seen it, Sean. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you make less than 25000 a year here in the United States. Yeah. And yeah. You, you just really don't. There's not. That's not enough money 
to pay all the bills. Yeah. There's just not enough there. And I've heard them, they've come to me before and said, I need help with budgeting. And I'm like, you know, bless your heart because there's just really, there's not any room right. for anything. Right. So, but, but for, for the today's majority, episode, yeah, for yes. the majority. Today's episode is going to be for the majority of the people in the United States yeah. that they do make enough. Right. Okay. It's not, they're not below the poverty line. Mm-mm. And when it comes to budgeting, success is not based on the numbers, yes. but on having the right mindset. Because That's right. if you don't start with the right mindset, it doesn't matter how creative you get with spreadsheets and budgeting apps or you know numbers, it, it's not gonna make a difference. You've got to have the right mindset or you are not going to succeed. You're, you're doomed for failure, it. yeah, because right. all the numbers don't mean anything yeah. if you don't have that right mindset. I mean, mindset. I can come up with numbers all, all day, but I mean, we've seen it before, Bob. Yeah. People ask us, hey, how, I'm trying to reach this goal for retirement. And we say, okay, great. We need to open up this kind of account. You need to be putting this much away every month between now and when you're estimated that you want to retire. And it happens over and over. Where you, some people follow the plan and some people don't. And then when they get to retirement, why well, don't I have enough money? Well, mm-hmm. I gave you the numbers, yeah. but if you, don't, if you can't have the right mindset and, and be disciplined and follow the plan, doesn't matter what plans you come up with. And, and so. I'm coming from this, folks, people. I'm coming from this with 30, and that's coming on 34, 35 years of experience. And I've seen this over and over. I've seen people, they, they really don't have a budget, but they have the right mindset. Yeah. And they don't find themselves in financial trouble because they have that right mindset. Yeah. And I see it every single day throughout the history of how long I've been in this business, yeah. this financial advisory business. So I think it's first that we got to lay, lay down some foundation yeah. um, that, you know, what is your personality trait? Because everyone has a different personality trait. Yeah. Well, there's basically four main ones as we know, but, but are you a, a saver or are you a spender? I mean, which do you enjoy most That's saving right. or spending? Yeah. Now, believe it or not, I actually enjoy saving. I know I'm I'm a, I'm out there and it's I'm part of that small percentage, but I enjoy saving. I enjoy yeah. watching the value go up of my cash reserves, and it I feel um, security in that. Yeah, my ultimate security is in Jesus Christ and God. Amen. Um, but I, it is very important to me to see that I have cash reserves, so that if something bad happens, I'm ready for it, and bad things have happened as. Yeah. Life happens. I mean, when Rachel got cancer, you know, life happened. It kind of took it took me out of the workplace for a while. Mm-hmm. But we had our our cash reserves set up. We had our yep. insurances in place. So, but some people they just love that spending, and yeah. um, and that, that's that's not bad. Mind, if you are the one that says, "Oh yeah, I like to spend," uh-huh. that doesn't mean you can't have the right mindset. That's right, and it, it doesn't mean you can't be successful. But these personality traits that we're covering, think of it as you need to know yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to yeah. know yourself so you know what you need to do in your own life. And if you have a spouse, you know, like with you and your spouse and, and be able to hold each other accountable. Uh, I would say that between Jenna and I, my, my wife, she is probably more of the saver than I am, even though I'm a financial advisor. I think advisor. Jenna got her dad in her. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, but we are still, at the end of the day, we both lean more towards the, we, we want to focus on the saving first and the spending, like, you know, that's kind of a reward, if you will. Yeah. But that is not our focus. Right. The focus is we make sure we handle the 
being more frugal, more conservative side of things. But but you got to ask yourself that first question. Are you a saver or a spender? Which one do you tend to enjoy more? And then the next one, does buying things make you happy? Mm-hmm. And we know it doesn't create joy. Right. But for some people, the, the act of buying that thing or hitting buy now or add to cart yeah. or whatever it is, it, it does have a little bit of a dopamine hit, you know, and you make uh, makes you happy. Without a doubt, what you just said, that dopamine hit. And, and some people doesn't really care. It doesn't really I, matter to well, them. Well, <laughs> I, I knew somebody that was in the family. Um, they're no longer around, but I mean, the, the, they've gone home to be with the Lord. But they, I could tell they got their significance from shopping. Yeah. Now they like to shop for other people and they love to buy things for other people. Yeah. Um, but I could tell that 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 gave them their significance and yeah. I Enjoyed felt yeah, en- yeah. The enjoyment. Yeah. So the next one is long term financial security important to you or is having a temporary status symbol more important? Like which which one those more important? Yeah. Again, not not trying to get on no, to people. No, not at all. But it's, it's just again try to these try are personality to be traits. Yeah, these try are, to yeah. be honest and right. ask yourself which one are you? Right. Um, how do you feel about cars? Uh, is driving an old car that works well just fine, or are you always wanting that new one? Yeah. I mean, I know some folks that's, that that's they trade one. out of cars like every year or two, and I'm yeah. oh, man, you're just getting hit with it. And the car is fine, but yeah. uh, they want that new car. And they like yeah. that new car smell, and I guess. I, I would argue, you know, getting a new car isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, when, when you're buying a new car every year, you're compounding how much money you're losing. Yeah. Because you're buying a depreciating asset. So it, there's nothing wrong with buying it new, but you're kind of leaving a lot of a lot on the table. When you're when you buy something new, like every year, or yeah. for sure, like if every two years minimum, it, it's anyway. But ask yourself, yeah. which one are you? <laughs> yeah. And I, so the, I, I know I know which one. Like we were saying, my own daughter, your wife. Um, I don't know. Y'all have had that that little Subaru now for seven, seven eight years. Yeah, yeah, and I know y'all are going to buy a new one. And you plan on keeping it for ten, and so yeah. you keep car. Y'all keep cars a a long time. Oh, we're keeping the seven or eight year old Subaru too. We're actually we're actually trading in the the newer vehicle. So, like, well, so you have more of a family vehicle. Yeah, yeah I'm, family I'm with vehicle. you. So um, the last one is. Oh, isn't this interesting? Yeah. This is a good one. Do you like numbers or do you despise math? <laughs> <laughs> numbers, no. spreadsheets, whatever you want to call it. But. Here in the office, we're all we're like a bunch of numbers geeks. We all love spreadsheets and math. and, and Probably good considering yeah. that we work at a financial firm. It, right? it is. Yeah. It, it yeah. is. But that's definitely a personality trait, I think, that we have around here. Mm-hmm. But really, there's good news, right, Bob? Yes. If if for that last one you despise math, the good news is is that budgeting is mostly a mindset. That's right. It's not based solely on the numbers. Mm-hmm. So so there's hope for you. So we're going to get into <laughs> lots of different ways to get that mindset right when it comes to budgeting, so you don't have to worry so much about the numbers. Because I will say this, Sean, in knowing people, um, that it's it's not a gift. Math is not their thing. They feel I've seen a guilt feeling, you know. They they want to be able to like those numbers, but first let's just get into the right mindset. The numbers will come yeah, into play. Exactly, okay. exactly. So the right mindset. What is the right mindset? We've we've got a few statements. Quite a points. few, actually. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, we're going to cover what is the right mindset. Bob, and you and, and hopefully one? you can take this in and you can say, okay, if I can get that mindset, the budget's automatically yeah. going to kind of line up under that. We're going to share a little bit about numbers, but it really is only going to be about 
5% of the day's program yeah. at, at, at the very end. So the right mindset, first of all, is not comparing yourself to, to anyone else, not the super rich Hollywood or social media. You start comparing yourself to that, you're never going to measure up. And advertisements, it's geared that way, right? Yeah. That you always need better, you always need more. Well, and okay? there's so much in social media, too, that is engineered to create a certain kind of image and, yeah. and brand, if you will. And very rarely is it based on real life. Yeah. It's not candid. <laughs> and so so the next one kind of ties into that. Yeah, but it does. The right mindset is not comparing yourself to what other people have. Just like the parable of the talents, each given according to their own ability. Don't compare yourself to other people. Learn to be content with what you have in all circumstances, just like Paul said, right? This learn, reminds learn me, you know, in all situations. We're, we're coming out with this in the beginning of the year. It reminds me at Christmas time, I was telling you about the Christmas mm-hmm. lights. And we get our neighbors, and our neighbors, we live in this nice neighborhood, and the neighbors start competing with each other so much for Christmas lights that they start hiring it out. And I'm hearing numbers of six to $15,000. Now, that right there is the wrong mindset. Well, and also, <laughs> your neighborhood has has much larger lots, so there's not, and it's gated. So I mean, there's not a lot of traffic. No, so, like, and my my opinion is is not how dare you spend money on putting Christmas lights up? Because right. you know sometimes yeah. it's not safe to get up on the roof. But still, but when you're spending so much money, who's even gonna see it? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's great for you and Rachel. They're like, hey, everybody else is competing. We just have nice nice view when we drive in. <laughs> We're talking about yeah, that guy across the street. He's got yeah. uh, 36 acres, and and he. he he decorates about half of it. And, it's you know, it's crazy. And nobody sees it. But the three of us that live down there on the cul-de-sac. Maybe he's making up, you know, if if that was like one-acre lots, you know, he's making up for all the lights that would have been there. He pretty much is. (laughs) He pretty much is. Um, You know, I think this is another mindset that you want to understand is that that those people with the expensive cars and the big homes, many of them are leveraged to the hilt with high debt. Yeah. It's not from financial success. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's all a it's what do we all call a it? facade. It's all a facade. And remember really that God's word says the borrower is a slave to the lender, and this does not bring peace. So, so that one is the right mindset is knowing that many people with expensive cars or homes are leveraged with a whole lot of debt. A it, lot. It, that does it's, not it's just because you see right something now. nice. That does not mean that someone yeah. is financially successful. So I'll tell you, Sean, you know, here we are in 2023 and we know the economy is teetering Yeah. Um, with the high interest rates and things and, and all this leverage is it's it's scary. It, it, if you don't have all this leverage, though, and the interest rates are going up. So why? Yeah. I mean, you, you're yeah. you're you're fine. So the next one, the right mindset is asking if what you already have is fine. Right. Before making a large purchase such as a new car, mm-hmm. larger home, or a major remodel. I tell you what, you watch HGTV all day long, and you're going to think, I need to remodel my kitchen every three years. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, your appliances are working fine. Your dishwasher's working fine. Your oven's working fine. But HGTV convinces you, no, the countertops need to be all white this year. Yeah, and you and, need to get the new appliances because they came out with the new matte black. Yeah. And, and you have the... The shiny black, right? So, so now you need the matte black. Or, the, or in a couple of years ago, it was stainless stainless <laughs> yeah. steel, right? and now they have black stainless yeah. steel. So, <laughs> oh, oh, you only have stainless steel. You don't have black stainless steel yet. You oh. haven't gotten with it. Yeah, come on. <laughs> but, but that's true, isn't yeah. it? And if you watch that stuff all day long, it 
you get into that mindset. Hey, we need to remodel our home. What's it going to cost to remodel your kitchen? 15, 20,000, 25,000? Is it functional right now? Is it working fine? Depends on how big the kitchen is. Yes. But that's the mindset. You know, that you got to be careful of that mindset because the world is always doing that. Mm -hmm. Not, Not the not Christian mindset, but the yeah. worldly, the secular mindset's trying to do that to you. And the next one, the right mindset is asking if something is a want mm-hmm. or is it a real need before buying anything. That's I think that's number one. Isn't yeah. it? Wouldn't that be number one? Is it a want or is it a need? And then when it comes down to buying that, we're going to go over something else here in a minute yeah. that is the, the right mindset. So it's being content with what you have and not always thinking the grass is going to be greener on the other side. That's right. If you haven't noticed already, there's a little bit of a trend in what we're saying, which a lot of this comes back to that mindset of of being content with what you have. Yes. And if you approach your budgeting from that perspective, the numbers are typically going to fall. They're, they're going to fall, fall right under yeah. it. But if, but if you don't approach your budgeting like this, yeah. it's going to you've got it flipped. The foundation yeah. has to be built on the right mindset. It's, it's kind of like our, our federal government as a whole. You know, oh, cool. if, if they were just content with the tax money that they were bringing in yeah. and figured out a way to use that uh, yeah. instead of, oh, we'll just – we want to do more. We'll just borrow it. <laughs> We'll we'll produce it from thin air and uh, pass it down to the next few generations. They'll figure it out. Yeah, I, I like this next one too. You know what? Your your self worth is not tired, tied. Your self worth is not tied to all that material. That's right. Reason. We we say it like this: the right mindset is knowing your net worth is not equal to your self worth, and that happiness is not, not based, based on material things. That's right, boy. That just hopefully hearing this just releases you you know, from all this bondage that our world wants to put on you because materialism is not going to bring true joy and long-term happiness. It's going to bring temporary short-term, but not long-term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The next one, the right mindset is defining limits for large and small purchases. I think that's so important, isn't it? Yeah. Now, for this isn't for everybody, but yeah. I know for for Jenna and I, we have a, a certain dollar amount that if if it's a purchase that is anything equal to or greater than a certain dollar amount, uh-huh. we have to at least discuss it. I think that's great. It it, it doesn't need to be thousands of dollars. You know, we, it's smaller than that for us, but it's just good because if you have your partner and you hold each other accountable, sometimes you might get a little bit excited about it, and then your your spouse says. Yeah, that's a want. That's definitely not a need. Yes. And we have other stuff we need this month. <laughs> and and for us guys, all right, the large purchase is a boat. All right. The yeah. large purchase is a deer lease. Um, that, that costs a lot of money. By the way, I remember one, one day, uh, Pastor Ray, where I go to church here in town, um, he, had a, he had a video during deer season, and it was so funny because – they got up and said, "Now, honey, you need to really like this meat because." And he started adding up what the deer lease cost and the gas to get to it. And all. he said, "You realize we're paying like you know thirty five dollars a pound for this meat by the time they were done." So, right, which also to me would say, "Well, maybe you should hunt a little bit less yeah. and go to the grocery store yep. where there's five dollars or six. But there's the joy of hunting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right." What's the next one, Sean? Number nine, the right mindset is understanding that debt works against you, not for you. And that, I would say that's even true that's if real, someone is inve- yeah. has real, you know, investment property. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, if you've 
use debt for something, mm -hmm. that debt is always working against you. Yes. So in the case of even like an investment property, it doesn't mean you can't be successful with it, but you have to remember that no matter what happens, even if you're not renting that property out, that debt is still working against you. And those lenders don't, they want to get you as high as that, that debt as possible because exactly. then you become slave to the lender. Exactly. Uh, they are not fiduciaries in yeah. any sense of the word at yeah, all because is, that in, is it in your best interest to put you in a lot of debt? But it's in their best interest because what do they do when they put you in a lot of debt? They make a lot of interest off of you. Exactly. That's how they make a living is by making interest off of you. Okay. That's right. So the next one, the right mindset is not allowing emotions to make any buying decisions. That's which, a big one. That's which kind of goes right mm -hmm. into our next one, too. Right, it is. The the right mindset is waiting on unnecessary small purchases for a couple of weeks and big ones for at least three to four months. So everyone has probably has, should have experienced at this point if you are an adult. Yes. But there is definitely an emotional aspect to purchases. Oh, no doubt. You know, there's no the new car, the new home, there's the... I'm buying some gadget for the kitchen. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't always have to be something huge, but there's that emotional, like you get excited about it, mm -hmm. which again is okay, but waiting a little bit to make sure, okay, was this just like an impulse? Because online shopping in general has just made it so much easier to purchase. Yeah. So so just let don't let those emotions dictate your buying decisions. And, and a great way to do that is is to give yourself a little bit of padding and say, okay, I'm not going to purchase, unless it's an actual necessity, like mm -hmm. we ran out of toilet paper, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> necessity. Um, if it's not a necessity, wait a little bit of time. See if those emotions fade and you go, oh, well, yeah, I guess we don't really need it. Well, we've talked about this in investing many times right here on uh, Christian Financial Perspectives that emotions and finance mix like oil and water. They yeah. should not be put mm -hmm. together ever that's right and that's so hard because we're emotional creatures and you know the emotions can take over the logic and yeah. and for somebody like us who, us who is very mathematically minded you know that math is logic yeah left brain is logic right brain is emotion and we've got to in this case for budgeting you get the right mindset you've got to realize i cannot allow my emotions to dictate my financial decisions. Yeah. Okay. You know, to piggyback off of that, Bob, think of it as driving. You don't want to drive drunk. You don't want to drive where you're extremely tired. You don't want to drive when you're already really irritable or mad, where you've had a lot, you know, just like with budgeting, you, you don't want to do the these right things mindset. when you're frustrated, yeah. when you're when you've had a lot of anxiety, when you're when you're stressed from work or your your kid slapped a kid in the face at school or you know whatever it is that happened you hypothetically so the best time to talk with your spouse about budgeting is not when the kids are yelling right exactly you, and you, if you, you're if your spouse is not a morning person do not try to talk to them about it first thing in the morning what? let them have their coffee first or their tea I, <laughs> so I've learned, like, I've learned my lesson there folks yeah. okay I, that's, <laughs> he's he's speaking to me I don't know if and he knows I, I, you do this the yeah. same thing. Okay, so yeah, yeah, don't don't do that. Get make sure it's the right time of the day and the yeah. right time of the hour, and that all the stars are lined up. Otherwise, you're you're making a, you're making what can already be difficult. You're making it more difficult. Yeah, because the right mindset requires your emotions to also be in check. So, so let's get into some budgeting wisdom. We have okay. really gone into the right mindset, 
And that's like you say, that's the foundation. And there's there's some budgeting wisdom here that we've talked about on the program for many years. Uh, this comes from what we're about to mention comes from Ron Blue from Kingdom Advisors. Mm-hmm. He's written a, a whole workbook on this that we gave out a lot of them. And so, Sean, I'm going to let you do that. Bob, do you remember what that uh, book is called? It's actually, case. I, oh gosh, you know we have them right here in in our library. But we'll put it. We'll put a link in the okay, description. Okay. So. Can you re- re- yeah, remember so that? We'll, we'll do that. Let, let's do that. But so there are only four, four ways. ways. There are only four ways to spend money, mm-hmm. and those four ways should be in the following order for handling money. Number one is live, or necessities. Right. Number two is give or charities, mm-hmm. okay? Number three is O, like O-W-E, uh, debt and taxes. We always, we're always going to owe taxes. Yep, death and taxes. <laughs> yep. And uh, number four, grow, which would be saving and investing. And with that in mind, consider cash reserves, your savings. Consider your cash reserves should be a safety net for unexpected expenditures. And I think uh, Dave Ramsey, for example, talks about the emergency fund. You know, we, we always tell people you should have about six months of your expenses saved up. Right. Whatever That's those correct. expenses are, That's it right. varies by household. Mm-hmm. But that cash reserve is for when an emergency happens, something unexpected, like the car breaks down. Right. You got to fix it. That's right. You can't drive. Or there's a health issue that comes up, like you talked about when, when Rachel got... Uh, diagnosed with cancer, that was unexpected, not really part of the plan. Your cash reserve, however, is not a little piggy bank or, you know, cash in the bank account to be spent on just anything. It is called the emergency fund because... For a reason. For a reason, (laughs) yeah. Because it should be in emergencies, Mm -hmm. not, oh, I really want the newest copy of this book, you know, they're wanting to read or this, uh, I really want to go to the so, movies this so, weekend. <laughs> so Sean, when I heard this for the first time by Ron Blue, probably 10 years ago, it really struck me because it was that simple. Yeah. And it's only four things and you can remember it and they really just kind of flow. Live, give, oh, grow. Okay? That's right. I said, yep. all you got to remember, just put that in your mind. Live, give, oh, grow. Those are the only uh, four let's things. Put, let's put our little pie chart up that yeah. shows it. And yeah. when in that pie, the, the pie, if you if you look, the pie is only this big. So whatever you spend on live, give, owe, or grow, something's got to give if you spend more yeah. in another category. Yeah. So if you're if you're going to live on more, it's going to affect your giving. That's right. And growing. And uh, and same thing with like debt. Right. From 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 the O. Right. If you take on more debt by necessity, one of those other three categories has to shrink. Yes. Unless your income goes up. Then, of course, the pie just got bigger, but but it's still, it's going to be divided into those four things. And if your income hasn't changed, anytime you increase one of one of those categories, something else or multiple things have to go down. That's right. It's that simple. It, 100%, it has to add up to 100%. Yeah. It's just math. It, <laughs> it's just math. So we have talked a lot about this, and we're down to just the last five minutes of the five or six minutes of the program, which is where we actually do, yes, get into some numbers. A little bit. A little bit of numbers. We're not going to tell you a specific dollar amount because it's going to vary. Right, right. But numbers do play a little bit in this, Mm -hmm. and they have to because it is budgeting. I know we talked about budgeting without numbers. But here are a few numbers, and um, because this is very necessary. So, really, I, I'm in looking at budgeting for many, many years. It kind of breaks down 
into what you have as your necessities, your essentials, and yeah. your non-essentials. That's okay? right. And think of it like this. So again, we're not technically giving you the specific numbers, right. but more so breaking down the categories. These seven main essential categories, it's what you need to live on. And these make up the, of the four categories we talked about previously, mm-hmm. the live category. That's, that's how money can be used for live. And so the first one is groceries. This should not be including your eating out budget. That's a luxury. You do not have to eat out. It's something that's nice to do. So groceries. I I didn't know that. Yeah. Groceries, not (laughs) eating out. I knew that, Sean. I'm sorry for all the restaurant restaurant owners that are watching this right now. I'm sorry, but that is true. It's it's not a necessity. It's a luxury. And number two is clothing. Number three, housing. You got to live somewhere, right? So let me stop you right there. So what we've just mentioned, food, shelter, and clothing. Yep. That's yep. that's all you've always heard that on my whole exactly. life. You yep. gotta have food, shelter, and clothing. Now right. now the next part is you for that housing, you uh-huh. gotta have utilities. Gotta have that so in the south, especially your electric, <laughs> sewer, garbage, gas, water, uh, you know, gas if you got gas at the house. Gotta but, have that yeah. like air conditioning down here exactly. and with the cold winters, you gotta have the heat up in the north. So Trans transportation. Mm-hmm. I mean that's autos. Unless you're working from home, mm-hmm. uh, you gotta have a car of some kind. Uh, even if you don't uh, work at an actual office, you're working from home. Well, one of you got to get groceries at some point. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, number six, medical, mm-hmm. number seven, insurance. So you've got your home auto life, and we definitely recommend disability if you don't have it, cause you're far more likely to need that than you are to need life insurance. So, so everything, every essential falls under just these seven areas. That's right. See when you, and break if they don't like fall this, underneath there, guess what? Not essential. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you break it down like that, it's not so complicated. And you, no. you don't, you're not saying, we're not saying 25 or 30 things. You've seen these huge spreadsheets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, and there, there's subcategories that come under these, but really it all falls under these seven main categories. And then you have your non essentials, and you just decide how much per month are we mm-hmm. going to have That's for right. those non essentials. So the non essentials then are everything else not falling into one of these categories we just mm-hmm. mentioned. Whatever's left over after live, which we just covered, the mm-hmm. seven categories right. live, give, owe, and grow is your maximum for the non-essentials. So whatever that math ends up being, for some people it's going to be a lot more, some people it's going to be less, which is okay. But whatever's left over after that is what you have for non-essentials. And if you're spending money on these or allocating money to these before you've allocated to live, give, owe, and grow, then you're setting yourself up for failure. Plain and simple. So here we've covered the right mindset. The last very thing that that I want to cover, um, Sean, and I know you put some more programs is here, is it has become so easy today mm-hmm. to budget because of all the programs That's out right. There. That's right. Name some of them. So to set reasonable expectations for your essentials and non-essentials, mm-hmm. we highly recommend highly. that you use a budgeting program. Right. Many of them are free. My wife and I use Mint by okay. Intuit. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Not an endorsement, just happens to be what we use. Right. But two other ones that are really good as well is Simplify that's, by Quicken. That's what I use. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then Monarch Money is also a really good one. I haven't uh, heard I, of that one. It's it's a little newer than, okay. than Mint All right. and Simplify, but it's highly rated and uh, it's, it's very pleasing to look at. It works yeah. really well. Use one of these because most of them are available in your web browser and smartphone apps to help you track everything daily. And it does it for you. Exactly. Everything's so done for you. It's all about you set it up. And if you've got the right mindset, 
and then you start doing a little bit of numbers, but it definitely makes it a little easier too, because as you're making transactions, as things are coming in, it allows you to very easily categorize those. And then the longer you use it, the better it gets where you know exactly mm -hmm. where stuff needs to fall. See, these programs I think have been really um, made for the people that are not like us. You know, we love this math and spreadsheets. But and I that. still use these too. Yeah, but I still do. Yeah, because yeah. it simplifies it so much. But but if you're not that numbers person, which the majority of people aren't, yeah, then this is the way to go. Get the right mindset. Use this program. You've got it covered. There you go. Exactly. Well, I hope this has been very informative for you. And go back. You may have to listen to this a couple of times because there's a lot to this to get the right mindset. Yeah. But thank you so much for, for joining us. If you did like this video, hit that like button. And even if you want more content like this, again, we'd uh, love it if you'd hit that subscribe button. And thank you so much for joining us. God bless. We invite you to listen to all of our past episodes covering many financial topics from a Christian perspective. To make sure you don't miss any of Bob's upcoming episodes, you can subscribe to Christian Financial Perspectives on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. To learn more about integrating your faith with your finances, visit ChristianFinancialAdvisors.com or call 830-609-6986. Investment advisory services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DBA Christian Financial Advisors, also known as Christian Financial Advisors Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host, Bob Barber, and his guests. Bob does not provide tax advice and encourages you to seek guidance from a tax professional. While Christian Investment Advisors believes the information to be accurate and reliable, we do not claim or have responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or reliability.